Welcome to a very special episode of Nerd vs. World from Sci-Fi Weekender 7. Uh, we're right at the end of the weekend. It's been really, really long. We're all really, really tired. But hey, we're going to do this anyway. Uh, so, yes, welcome. Uh, I am Spindles. I'm Emma. I'm Jenny. And I'm Garrett. So, yes, yeah, thank you for joining us, Garrett. I, uh, apologies, it's very, very late in the day. We're, we're all very, very tired, but thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh. And you've lost your voice. And I've lost my voice, yes. So. It's all the yeah. uh, all the George Takei impressions. Yeah, you get raspy, Garrett, right now. So. <laughs> I don't know which one was better, the George Takei or, or, or the Shatner. The Shatner. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're on a par. <laughs> cool. How have you found this? Because as far as we're concerned, this is very different to a lot of the conventions that we go to. Uh, What's your experience been of it? Well, I think because it is different from almost any every other convention out there, that, that makes it unique and and also, <clears throat> um, I guess it's I don't know how to explain it, but I mean, I would come back. You know, I definitely would come back just because it is different. You know, it's a nice change of pace to, to go to something like this. Um, I think they should assign all actors with a golf cart. Uh, <laughs> it's quite far from one end yeah, of the side to the is, other. Man. It is a walk. Yes, it is a walk. But, the fresh know. Welsh air. It yes. Good. yes. So, you know, have a little exercise. Right. Cool. Okay. So, uh, we, uh, we, we've heard you speak a lot this weekend, so undoubtedly we're going to go over a lot of the, some of the same territory. But okay. uh, I, from my perspective, something that we haven't really spoken about much over the weekend is that it's been what was it 15 years since you last did voyager on tv uh Something yes like that that's right but you recently went back and recorded a whole bunch of stuff for star trek online that's right now what was it like kind of revisiting the character after that after that amount of time and and kind of did it explore storylines that you really wanted to do or how much how much did you get to play with it um well you know the it was interesting because they said okay we need you to we need you to give us the voice of Captain Kim, so it was much more gravelly and a little lower, and we need you to do Ensign Kim's voice, and we need you to do Evil Kim's voice, mm. so I had to do three Kims, and um, I loved it, because I, I love doing voices, mm. and um, I, I just remember after, I, I was the only actor to actually fly up to the to Cryptic Studios and and do the voiceover at their headquarters. Oh, right. okay. Everyone else phoned it, phoned it in from a remote session. Literally phoned it in. Literally, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not going to name names, but when you play Star Trek Online, you can tell who was into doing the voiceover and who yeah. really didn't give yeah. a poop <laughs> about it. So. Oh, maybe I, I played the shit <laughs> yeah. out of that game. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you know. And I and I, I, I dove into it. But after after I finished that, um, that session, it was about three hours worth of line recording and... And the guy running the um, the guy running the session was just like, oh, because I just want to compliment you. And that was that was really amazing what you just mm. did for us. So thank you so much. You did such a great job. So what, what's the experience like of recording stuff for a video? Because I mean, I've, I've I've seen a few things. That, I don't know if you've seen um, Alan Tudyk's Con Man show. Mm. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm -hmm. But there, there's a whole section in that where him and Nolan North are doing uh, voiceovers for video games. And it's very much like, okay, there's that line, and can you do it again more like this, and uh -huh. again more like this? Is that what is that what the experience is like? Do you have to constantly just <coughs> keep doing the same things over and over, or? 
None of you nail it in the first time. <laughs> I'm a pro like you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about Alan Tudyk's voiceover capabilities, but uh, <laughs> it's funny that the first time I, I've wanted to meet him forever, and I finally was at a convention where he was at, and I did the number one uh, faux pas in meeting somebody. Never interrupt somebody while they're eating their dinner or lunch. And I did that, you know, and I was like, oh. I tapped him on his shoulder and he was eating a salad. He turned to me like that with a piece of lettuce hanging out like that. <laughs> Just to make the point. He made the point, which was like, you asshole, I'm eating. What do you want? You know, and well, it didn't go well from there. So oh, yeah, it's too bad. I mean, it's like, I, it's funny because it's in my life as as an actor on Star Trek, I've, I've met many different actors from other shows and, and musicians and and it you know it's it's either it either goes really really well or really awful you know i mean i, I in terms of um i for instance my meeting when i met adam sandler it was horrible uh when i met um uh uh kid rock again horrible you know um, but then I, there's. I saw Kid Rock play when he toured the UK. Yeah. And the man's a talent. I, don't, I can't listen to a whole of his album in right. one sitting, but right. at one point in his gig, he went around the stage and he played every instrument on the stage. So he played wow. bass, he played lead, he played drums, he played piano. Oh my and God. I was like, oh my God, you're yeah, a talented no, that's, dude. That's talent, definitely. Definitely. Um, and then there's, you know, the good meetings. I remember I was at a sushi, a sushi restaurant in Los Angeles and. The uh, actor Dennis Haysbert, who played the president in Twenty Four, mm, those TV yeah. series, he was he was eating with a buddy, and I was eating with a buddy, opposite sides of the room, and and we both kind of looked over at the same time. We caught each other's eyes, and I recognized him immediately, and I could tell he recognized me immediately because we both got up and met at the mid- middle of the room, and he goes, "And said Kim," and I said, "Mr. President." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sweet. <laughs> it was beautiful. It really was. You do uh, attend a lot of conventions. There must yeah. be an awful lot of meetups that you do with other people um, quite regularly. Uh-huh. And you'll see the same faces in very different countries and in yeah. different environments. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's kind of the, the, the bonding experience like kind of behind the scenes? Um, it's interesting because, you know, you have... You have actors that really, they're there at the convention and as soon as they're done with their talk or as soon as they're done with their signing, they go right back to their room, lock all the locks and call room service, right? They don't go down to the pub, they don't go down to the restaurant, they just, they do what is required of them, the the very minimum, and they're gone. You've discovered why. Um, and then there's other actors who hang out at the pub they go down to eat they interact with the fans you know Um, so you've got those two different types Mm. of of actors and um, not that one way or the other way any way is better than another but um, I'm of the belief that you know if you're there you might as well go down and interact you Mm. know Um, because not everybody will get a chance to go to your Q&A if it's a big convention so sometimes if you're able to be down at the bar or the restaurant and talk to a few fans that didn't get to see you, that that makes their convention. You know, yeah. they're very excited. There's also a very big difference when you when you're talking to people and, and people on panels. There's, there seems to be a, a great differential between knowledge of a show. Mm. You seem very knowledgeable about Star Trek. Yeah. you know everything about Star Trek and yeah. being involved with it. Yeah, well, I you know I watched every episode uh, when it came on the air. I I, I would watch everything religiously just because I am a big sci-fi fan so um, 
But I, I, I sometimes amaze myself with the, my retention of the, the names of the episodes. I'll, I'll, out of the blue, I'm like, oh, yes, that was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do I remember that? That amazes me. I don't, I don't yeah. know any of the episodes. Right. I'd, I'd say, like, the one where, where something happened. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas on stage, you were like, oh, it's that episode, yeah. it's that episode. Yeah. And name them yeah. all. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I should say. You are a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, I came into work one morning, and, and Ethan Phillips, who plays Neelix, came in, and he said... Um, he goes, Howard Stern talked about you today, uh, the radio DJ host, Howard Stern. And I said, really? What do you say? Um, evidently, Howard Stern's a big Star Trek fan, so um, uh, Rob and his co-host asked him, so what'd you do last night? He goes, oh, I watched Voyager. And she goes, well, which episode was it? He goes, the one with the Chinese guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Howard Stern doesn't know any titles either, and he doesn't even know what my name is. He just knows I'm the Chinese guy, you know, so... Uh, well, what do you think it was about Voyager that kind of set it apart from the, the rest of the, the Star Trek franchises? Um, well, most obviously, it's the only woman captain of mm -hmm. all the different yeah, series. Yeah. And we premiered the show in January of 1995 uh, on a Monday. And on by Tuesday, the uh, production office voicemail was entirely full of messages from strangers. And these messages were all negative. They were one after the other. How dare you allow a woman to be in command? How dare you? Um, we are going to come down to Paramount Studios and blow up your sound stages. We're going to kill you because Jesus. you allowed a woman to be the captain. That's 1895 thinking in 1995. Okay? In, in the and that, Megan, is why you should watch the show to say, Ugh, to all the people who say that. So, In the original pilot, there was um, the first in command was a female, and, and that got... Um, that got nixed too, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, uh, gender inequality is very real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there is that glass ceiling where if you're a female executive in a Fortune 500 company, your your salary is less mm. than the male, right? Which mm. is, is that fair? No, it's not fair at all. If you're doing the same job, why should you be paid less, you know? Um, and when it comes to, you know, being a captain of a starship, why can't you be a woman, you know? Um, so in that regard, I, I think that um, that Voyager is probably the most emp empowering television show for for any woman, or especially young ladies out there um, who are anti Star Trek. You had really powerful characters like Kez because her her storyline was really interesting. Yeah, in that she became this huge powerful entity. And right. I, was, I thought that was a really really interesting yeah. plot line. Yeah, yeah. And you know, um, so that's the main thing that sets it apart. Um, uh, a lot of people say that, that they like Voyager because it's similar to the original series and that we are exploring always exploring. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. we are forced to explore yeah, new yeah, frontiers, yeah, yeah. but yeah. everything is, you know, we're traveling and mm. we're seeing new aliens and, and new situations all the time. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of the flip side of the original series. It's your encountering stuff on the way home. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, first and foremost, it is definitely the female captain. Mm. Um and I, I thought she worked well, you know, as as the female captain. She did a good job. Um, she replaced the original actress who were, was cast in the role, uh, Jean-Vierre Bujold, who's French-Canadian, who quit after two days. Um, so then they had to go and search for somebody else, and they picked uh, Kate, who's very lucky because her first audition, she bombed it. She was horrible. So she, she was out of the running. And then when they had to go find another, you know, replacement, she got a second chance mm -hmm. in Hollywood. You don't get a second audition like that. She got it, so she lucked out. She really did. Excellent. So she she has Jean-Vierre Bujold to thank for res for the resurgence of her career. Because as far as I can recall, her agent, her talent agent, had dropped her 
you know, right before she went in for the second audition, right. and they said, "Look, you know what? We don't think we're going to make any money off you. You're you're over the hill. You're not gonna you're not gonna make it in this in this business anymore. Bye bye. You know, she we'll was, cut ties." She was Columbo's wife. Yeah, Mrs. Columbo. Yeah. yeah, Mrs. Columbo. But think that about was, that. That's her major role. That was I a big saw thing. her in Murder She Wrote oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was. Um, so glamorous with a big fur coat and yeah. everything, and and now of course she's in Orange Is the New Black, yeah. and she's um, a cracking. She was actor. also cracking as red. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the Adventures of Remo Williams, if you remember mm. that movie, yeah. she's in that too. Um, and you know, I thought she did a great job. Also, the only thing that I did not like was there was an episode of Voyager called the Thirty Sevens where we come across uh, the character of Amelia Earhart mm. and yes. um, yeah, all yeah. these other people that have been abducted, abducted yeah, by aliens. I and so we're exploring the the planet, and all of a sudden we 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 start taking fire from from above, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, take cover!" And Chainway um, does this thing where she goes, she looks back at us, she goes, "Okay, cover me," like that, and like we're supposed to co- lay down covering fire. She goes around the rock and she starts running. And I swear to you, it was the worst looking run I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was so not physically impressive at all it was just I'll, I'll show you you can't you guys can't see this but it was, it was like okay cover me from that point forward you never see Janeway run ever again the producers the producers were like okay now screw that she's never gonna run ever again literally because you see that run you're like you know what I'm okay we're gonna just. We're gonna. We're all going to just. Um. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna mutiny right now. <laughs> the entire crew. The entire crew. <laughs> Chakotay for captain. So, so I guess uh, obviously everyone in Voyager got back, and there's there's been the the continuation of the Star Trek in things like Star Trek Renegades mm. and things like that. I mean, have you had any interest in kind of going and get involved in one of those? Yeah, you know, I actually I did Star Trek of Gods and Men, which is an interesting uh, project. Played, um, I played a character opposite of Kim. Uh, Tim Russ Tuvok directed that, and I remember he called me. He says, hey, I'm directing an independent Star Trek film. Would you like to be a part of it? And this is right after we ended um, Voyager. I said, absolutely not. I have no interest. And he says, you'll be playing a character completely opposite of Ensign Kim. I, I said, sign me up like that. So that, that lured me into it. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second installment from the same producers was Renegades, and I was supposed to be a very major part in that in that uh, project, but I backed out at the last minute because I didn't um, I didn't like the script as much. I thought okay. Of Gods and Men was a much better script. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I just I just felt that they didn't feel right, so I backed out. And then, of course, there's, there's Star Trek Continues and there's Star Trek, um, uh, Star Trek Axanar and, mm-hmm. and, and Equinox. There's so many little things there's that are popping up. There's a lot of spin-offs. Yeah, a lot of yeah. spin-offs. But these are all fan spin-offs, yeah, and none, yeah. none of them have the blessing of CBS Paramount, mm. so they can't, you know, they cannot ever become, you know, anything that that would you would see uh, as a television show, mm. you know, or as a feature film you would pay for at the movies. Um, these are just, they're just going to be glory projects, really, mm. you know. Yeah, and and because obviously now we we we've heard of a new Star Trek mm. TV series due mm. to start next year. Yeah. Um, I do, do you know much about that? Nope, oh, no, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I know, I've I only know. heard minor things about it that it's yeah. not part of the kind of expanded universe that JJ has done and things like that. So it's, it's a completely different continuity. To well, that. they have the right people in 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 the in the driver's seat there. Uh, 
Brian Fuller, who's an mm, amazing, yeah, yeah, amazing writer. Um, Did you ever see a show, Pushing Daisies? Oh yeah, Pushing Daisies. <laughs> Racking show. Yeah. See, <laughs> he got. He was a staff writer on Voyager. That's where he kind of cut his teeth, and he was great. And I thought he was amazing. I used to go visit his office a lot, talk to him, and and then they let him go. And I thought, what the heck are you guys doing? Why would you let him go? Uh, in a hindsight, probably because of intimidation, probably, mm -hmm. you know, oh, here's a hot shot young guy. He's a little bit too good, you know, is the way I'm thinking. And I'm, that's yeah. that's purely conjecture, but it seems that in hindsight, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. But it was wonderful because he went on to do Dead Like Me was his show. Which was, yeah. Pushing yeah. 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 yeah, and that was amazing. And then most recently, Hannibal was under his you know yeah. direction too. So, um, fabulous writer. So, um yeah, so I'm I'm happy that he's part of it, and uh, I I think I should probably send him an email and say like, hey, I'm I'm around. I've been in hyper, I've, been, I've been in I've been I've been in stasis for the last eleven years, and literally I have. I've taken a self-imposed hiatus for for eleven years now. I haven't been. I have not been actively uh, doing anything in Hollywood except for random um, random roles that are that are basic cameo roles that mm. friends have called me about or I found out through the grapevine, you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Well, have, have you got any projects that you, that you're kind of dying to do? Any any ideas of the things that you you really like to do? Um, sitcom. I want to do a sitcom. Cool. Okay. Bad. I mean, because that's. Well, we're talking kind of Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I mean that's thing. yeah. I mean, I, I even talked to Bill Block uh, uh, on Twitter, who who's a, uh, one of the executive producers of Big Bang Theory. I said, I said you should, I, I said you should have Kim me on. You should have, you should have me on as um, like maybe Will Wheaton and I have booths next to each other at a convention, oh, and I, I get into a fight, and I get into a fight with Will. Hell yeah. <laughs> and because because I'm anti Will, I become you know Sheldon's best, you know his his, his number one <laughs> secret weapon, you know. Yeah. Whatever. If you could possibly make Big Bang Theory a bit funnier. Oh, it's gone off the boil. Oh, I still love it. Like. No, <laughs> yeah, the Will Wheaton stuff still. You've got to love it's, it. It's crush, crush on Leonard that does that, though. Oh, really? I'm so wrong, I know. It's <laughs> you have a crush on Leonard? So yeah, a little bit. Uh. It's all right, it's all right. You still went out. You're still uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I, I don't do scrunchy face all the time. He always does scrunchy face, Leonard does, you know? It's like, that's going to cause a wrinkle. <laughs> now, just, just while we're on the subject of, of kind of different versions of Star Trek, uh, we, we got the impression from your panel that, that you were a massive fan of the, the, the first J.J. Abrams movie, but yeah. not quite so much the second. No, that was rubbish. It really was, <laughs> to use an English term. Rubbish. Uh, yeah, I, I think the second one was just... It was too. The pacing was off. It was too quick. It was so. It was so fast. If you watch it, even the actors are speeding through their lines. I mean, they're just too much. Um, I guess one one thing we've spoken about on the show before is why Hollywood seems to find the need at the moment to obfuscate who a character is in the run up to the movie when kind of when you find out who he is it's like it's the big reveal of it he's John whatever and then all of a sudden oh he's Khan yeah. it's like well, why bother with that what's what, it you serves know, no narrative purpose they should have left him as John whatever yeah yeah and then he would have been they, a much when more they, interesting but watch character. this remember that shot where they show the other stasis tubes of his other crew members they should have focused on one 
came into it, and that's Khan. Yeah, Khan's one. Of, that. He's yeah. in there, right? Leave him as the John, whatever. Yeah. yeah because it doesn't work. It, it served Benedict no narrative Cumber, no, function. No, no, he shouldn't have. And it's funny because J.J. Abrams has been interviewed, and he said, as a kid, he goes, I don't get, I never got Star Trek. I never understood it. I never, I was never into it, you know? Yeah, he says that. He goes, I, I don't. And, you know, I lose, a, I, I lose a measure of respect for him because I go, you really? You don't get Star Trek? Star Trek is probably the most important television on the planet because mm. it, there is underlying meanings be, behind every episode. There is a, a message to live life better. To treat it's, it's one of the, the, and, the finest kind of utopian sci-fi. Yeah, it is. Because most sci-fi is it's, dystopian by definition. Right. And it is all-inclusive, you know? Yeah. Infinite yeah. diversity, infinite combinations, mm. right? So it makes me mad that the guy that doesn't get Star Trek got to do Star Trek, right? Yeah. So when I was at university, there was people who watched soap operas. Um, um, they said, oh, "Oh, but I don't get this sci-fi thing." It's yeah. like, well, stop thinking of it as this sci-fi thing. I'm thinking of it as a soap opera set in a different location. Yeah. And because it's set in a different location, yeah. you can address the same issues that soap operas yeah. do, but with a slightly disjointed view of it. Mm. So, so that you can have. Um, interspecies interaction yeah. as opposed to racism. You can have, you know, there's, there's, you, you take a step away from a subject and bring all that subject matter up yeah. and discuss it. Yeah. I also find it very annoying when people say to me, they'll say, oh, I don't like sci fi because I, I only watch programs that are based in reality. Right. It is like, or, or, or modern day. Like, I, I mean, this stuff is like kids' stuff to me, like this whole space thing. And, and so that just makes me. Ugh. When I hear that, I, I, I honestly... And uh, if you look at when they give Emmys out, mm. Star Trek wins for best visual effects. Now, best, it's always technical best, Yeah, it's never mm. best ensemble acting. That, that's because what, it's not considered... that It's just not considered a contender because I, yeah. it is... In the eyes of the Academy, there it's it's still of the Television Academy. It's still like a kid show. It's Oscars still, as well. We, we've we've spoken about this at length yeah. on shows in the past. And it's horrible. Sci-fi only yeah. ever does well in the technical yeah. categories. And it's snobbery, it's, isn't it? Well, it yeah, is snobbery. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's it's been interesting this year because I think this year's Oscars that there there have been more sci-fi and genre films involved in the bigger categories that I've ever seen so you had like The Martian and you had Mad Max yeah. and you had a bunch of stuff like that that was up for more than just the technical yeah. awards which was really nice to see but Star Trek is far better than Mad Max yeah, well, it might, um, it might we, we watched Mad Max, and, and it was a good I film. I didn't, I didn't see why it was Oscar worthy, yeah. but it was, it was an interesting film. It was a Chuck car chase. Yeah, I think the opinions will change um, the minute that we have first contact. I think, mm -hmm. I think, I think when an when an alien finally reveals, hey, we're here, then all of a sudden people are like. <gasps> The mad rush to buy Voyager CVD, DVDs oh. and Ken Star what? Trek DVDs. Yeah, wow. Turn to, to sci-fi as an yeah. instruction yeah. manual. Oh, okay. do what do we do? <laughs> but, but for that, you've got Galaxy yeah. Quest. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Oh. Let's see. I watch yeah. Galaxy Quest. I <clears throat> I remember I, it, it, it came into the movie theaters while Voyager was being filmed. And a buddy of mine called me up. He's like, you got to go watch Galaxy Quest. You have to go watch <laughs> Galaxy Quest. I said, I don't want to watch um, some movie that is making fun of Star Trek, you know, they're, they're, it's, they're not, it's, they're yeah. not, and he was like, no, 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 just they're trust not, me, go watch it, and I said, fine, so I actually put on these fake glasses and hat, and I made myself look not like myself, mm -hmm. to, I went incognito, and I go there to watch it with the, the girl that I was dating at the time, we're sitting there, and the first scene comes up, they're at the convention, I, and I sort of, I start laughing so loud and so consistently that she goes, shh, 
everyone's gonna know it's you. Like that. <laughs> Quiet. Like that. It was hilarious. They, they have the Kirk and Spock down. They do. But what what made me laugh so much? There's the part where where Tony Shalhoub's character is trying to beam you know yeah, beam Kirk back up for the first time. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do." And the the aliens are like, "Oh, it's according to all the things you did in the historical documents, right?" And I started thinking, if this really happened. I would be so screwed because so many times I'd be on the bridge and I would, when I was pushing buttons I was like I'm going to make a Christmas tree design like that. <laughs> Alright. And this is my initials like that. And that is going to be eeny meeny money. Uh, you know every everything is just random right? There's no rhyme or reason to my button pushing so if they I mean, yeah, yeah, so, I'm now waiting for you to be galaxy quested away. I know. <laughs> And she's going to go, <laughs> 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 no communications from that ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got nothing from that ship. You have some hope because as long as you draw a Christmas tree design, you'll right, be I'll be okay. <laughs> Christmas tree. <laughs> cool. Okay, so now so, something that we ask all the guests on our show is yeah. we, we, we've been building a list, of, which is the Nerd vs. World list of films that everybody needs to see. So we asked people to contribute five films to this list. We, we did it live on a show, and I mean, it, it's a tough thing to ask, but if you can think of five films that you think everybody should watch, not necessarily ones that, that are your favourites, one, ones that you think are important films that people should really give time to. Ooh, okay. Um, hmm. Citizen Kane. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um... Princess Bride. Oh, yes! Yes, yes. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Of course, Mandy Patinkin is dead like me as well. Yes. Um, wow, this is very difficult. It's tough uh, because when you start down one route, it immediately takes you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a little bit more obscure. Um, this is about a female New Zealand writer back in the turn of the century. Um, and um, it was the director who directed The Piano. All right, okay, yeah, yeah. Her movie before The Piano. It's called An Angel at My Table. Okay. Um, lovely film. Uh, a really, really spectacular piece of filmmaking Sweet. and writing. Okay. Um, those three, uh, what else? Um, oh, uh the Ip Man series of films with oh, Donnie Yen. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, Ip Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll count that. I'll collab. I'll, that'll yeah. be one. That, that, okay, yeah, so but they, they could be packaged. Is that is that four now? That's four. Yeah, yeah. So just one, one more. One more. One more film. I want to say it's, it's a movie with um. Oh my God! Uh, on Firefly, who's um who plays Jane? Uh, oh, uh, Adam Baldwin. Yeah, Adam Baldwin did a movie years ago called My Bodyguard. Okay. You remember that? Um, I've, not, I've not seen that one. Ever. Yeah, and he basically, he plays this, he's a high school kid, mm -hmm. and he basically becomes the bodyguard to this, this other kid who's being bullied, and... Um, I don't know. I just say that's just in my head for some weird reason. So. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we're, we're we'll allowed into the list. So yeah. it, it sprang to mind. So yeah. it'll do. It sprang to mind. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, 
Okay, uh, pretty much brings us to the end. Unless, unless you guys have got any more questions? No. Are we all good? Are you good? good. All good? Okay. Marvellous. Okay, well, thank you very much for your time, sir. It's been very, very kind of you to take the time to talk to us because it's very, very late in the car. That's all right. <laughs> you know what? You don't want to ask Simpsons or Futurama? No, 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 no. no. We don't do that. <laughs> We'll leave that uh, to the show. Wrong group. Wrong group. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're desperate to answer. Uh, <laughs> okay, so all that remains is to say thank you very much for listening, everyone. I have been Spindles. I've been Emma. I've been Jenny. Uh, and I've been Garrett Wong. Yay. And so thank you very much. And <laughs> until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. <laughs>